Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Joining me on the podcast today is Jim Johnson, the Director of Customer Success for CoreCentric. We'll be talking about Jim's interesting approach to creating an exceptional customer journey with a cross-functional team. He calls them journey teams. I really love this idea, and I'm looking forward to exploring it with you today, Jim. So welcome to Strike Deck Radio. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm truly thrilled to be here today. So I always find it interesting to hear about people's paths into customer success. Can you share with us a little bit about how you landed in the field? Sure. It actually started many, many years ago when I was going through school. I worked into uh, into a job in Nordstrom's. And Nordstrom's, the whole approach was all about the customer experience, maximizing yeah. the customer experience. And, you know, I've taken those basic tenets and applied them to everything I've done ever since. Um, even when I was running training programs, I found that this was a great segue to really become a, a almost a trusted advisor to the customers as we're providing them training and helping them understand how to use software and services more efficiently. Have you ever read the book, The Nordstrom Way? I have. I, li- I used to live it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that actually um, was a book that I had my leadership team read when I was with Vertical Response. It was a great book. And I really love how Nordstrom approaches customer success and customer service. Absolutely. Truly, it's all about empowerment and maximizing the customer experience. And it, it pays such incredible dividends. And it not only is it wonderful for the customer, but even for everyone at Nordstrom, it, it really made our jobs much more engaging and compelling and fun. We just really enjoyed ourselves. It was an incredible experience all around. Very cool. So just for a little background on CoreCentric, can you tell us a little about the company's mission and also how your customer success team fits in with the rest of the company? Yeah, I'd be glad to. At the, at the highest level, we really position ourselves as saying that we really help comp- companies reduce the costs and improve working capital by optimizing how they purchase, how they pay, and how they get paid. We, t- we believe our mission really is that we need to leverage smarter services and technology to help our cu- customers reduce their operating costs and unlock new potential within their enterprise. They can do more for everyone who touches their core business. And to help extend that, that really, to me, is the mantra for customer success and our customer success teams. We're there to really strategically help our customers achieve value, determine what the value is, how do we achieve that value, and how do we set milestones in the relationship so we can help them continue to grow and expand and really maximize how they purchase, how they pay and get paid utilizing our software. Okay. And then how does your team kind of fit into the rest of the company? Good question. My team reports directly into what we call the operations organization, which consists mainly of customer-facing or uh, departments. So as an example, within the operations team, 
we have a professional services team that is responsible for the configuration of the customer software. I oversee the customer support function, the customer care function, the reactive piece where we're responding okay. to customers' questions. And then, of course, the customer success as well. And then as an operations team, we interface very closely with product management, with product marketing, and the sales teams as well. Cool. That that just kind of helps to set the stage for what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to be talking about how you developed what you're calling journey teams at CoreCentric. Um, before we dive in on all the details of that, which we will get into, um, can you tell us a little bit about the drivers behind the project? Why did you think that that kind of a cross-functional team would really benefit CoreCentric's customers and business? Well, it, that's a really good question. If we take a look at our approach as a company, it's all about the relationship we establish with our customers. It's a partnership, for lack of a better term. And mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago or so, the vice president of operations, Kevin, the director of professional services, Stephanie, and I all worked together to really identify what are the pain points that our customers face in their life cycle and really what is our life cycle. And we, what we want to do is identify how can we minimize artificial handoffs between different organizations, really streamline the customer experience, if you would, so that the customer feels that they're always engaged by individuals who are always interested in their success all the way through their life cycle. And so that was really the driver behind this concept of the journey teams. That's cool. So tell us a little bit more about what a journey team looks like. Who are the players on each team? It sounds like you're working with a couple of other leaders in the organization. How many teams do you have in the company? Good question, too. Um, The journey team really consists of assignments of all the personnel within operations who really interface with that customer throughout their life cycle. So perfect example, let's say that we acquire a new customer and they're going through the implementation process. They will be assigned into more journey teams. And the journey team consists of a project manager, consists of, of, of an implementation consultant or two, an implementation designer or developer, perhaps a solution architect, who will help them really define what does the software have to do to meet their business needs. So they have those okay. conversations. And at that point, the customer service manager also starts to engage with the customer, start developing a relationship. So a customer service manager is part of that journey team as well. Um, on top of that, we also place my customer care team into journey teams. So the idea here is that as this new customer goes through the life cycle and they're implemented, they'll have a project manager, implementation consultant, implementation developer, um, et cetera, throughout that implementation. They'll also have a dedicated customer service manager to their account. On top of that, we'll also assign a portfolio of customers. Uh, uh, one of these customer care agents will also be assigned to the customer. So this customer care agent gets to know and understand the customer as well as possible. And on top of that, we had share services where we have, for example, our core-centric university that provides training and documentation services to the customers as well. Wow, that is quite a group. Um, <laughs> when you first introduced this idea to CoreCentric, um, how did it go over with the other leaders whose team members you wanted to include? I know you said that this sort of started by some of you talking. Um, how did you go about pitching this idea to the larger leadership team? Yeah, good question too. We 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 want we first of all we really whiteboarded a lot. Um, we wanted to okay. identify how, what are the what are the team how do these teams what do they consist of right and and how can we assign our individual team members to these organizations and and really affect a positive experience for the customer. So we did a lot of whiteboarding. We established basically three journey teams. So. 
my six customer success managers, for example, I have two assigned to each journey team. Um, we did the same okay. with the implementation team, et cetera. So we're able to identify who would be on journey team one and then the portfolio of customers that belong to journey team one. So that any point along the life cycle, let's say this new customer goes into the growth and nurture phase and we need to implement a new solution. They'll have that same project management team all the way through the life cycle, the same support team all the way through life cycle. So as we solidify the model and we approach the other management teams within CoreCentric itself, it was a relatively easy sale, believe it or not. Um, Matt Clark, our COO, is all about the customer success, all about what can we do to better the customer experience. And it didn't take more than probably a few minutes of discussing this model for him to say, oh, this is wonderful. And the same with most of the management through across CoreCentric as well. So it was widely accepted because we're really maximizing the customer experience across the board for the customer. Yeah, that's really cool. And you, I mean, I think you also did your homework and got your ducks in a row too before you <laughs> went out and pitched it, which, you know, I think is part of your win there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would imagine that there is quite a bit of process design involved in getting the journey teams functioning well together. You know, when you cram a bunch of people together, it doesn't always work out well. How did you guys approach the process design piece to make sure it was smooth? That was a definitely heavy lift. Um, we we have already we had all the foundational material in place. Uh, very much we're very much believe in setting up racy diagrams. Um, who's responsible, accountable for different types of activities? Um, we've already identified a lot of our core processes. So for us, it was really retrofitting this new model into a lot of current processes to see how they would fit. And we were really okay. surprised that it fit very well. What it came down to is kind of restructuring how we establish the hierarchy within the organization, so that each one of the these project managers really kind of took on a lead role for the implementation team within their organization, within their journey team. And how do we establish that relationship? On top of that, we also established new processes. We've always had scrum meetings. We've always had you know, tactical meetings to talk about what's the latest challenge? What do we need to do together as an organization to drive success for a customer, right? We might have an issue. We might have an implementation question, whatever it may be. We were able to now split those scrum meetings up into journey team scrums so that journey team one, project team, implementation team, support team all meet three times a week to talk about their customers within their portfolio. So rather than boiling mm-hmm. the ocean with dozens or many dozens of customers, we can really focus on just those customers associated with that journey team. So that was another approach, another fine tuning of a process so that we were able to really use our time more effectively rather than spending a lot of time on very, very expensive calls, trying to cover too many topics. We could really focus directly and tactically on what are the core issues for our customers in our portfolio and then how to, as a team, can we prioritize these activities and then engage. Okay. Very cool. Um, We'll talk a little bit more in a minute. Um, Before we continue with the rest of the interview, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Do you need training for your customer success team? The Success League offers both instructor-led online classes and on-site team workshops. Our online classes are one hour long and offered at two different times each week to serve our global customers. They're a fantastic option for geographically dispersed teams or teams who want to build their skills but don't have a lot of time each week. Each online class includes exercises, a worksheet, and a resources list so that CSMs can keep learning beyond the session. On-site workshops cover core skills in-depth 
and incorporate discussion, group exercises, and role-playing to drive learning and teamwork. They're a wonderful choice for teams who work in the same location or groups who are getting together for a company event. For more information about our online classes or our workshops, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io. I also want to remind you that the Customer Success Network hosts customer success events all over the Bay Area. These meetups occur once a month and include networking, presentations, and lively roundtable discussions about important topics in the field. Please visit meetup.com slash customer success network to see a list of upcoming events. We would love to have you join us. And now back to our interview. So, Jim, how do you plan for new customers or decide that you need a new journey team? I look at that as kind of a two-part question. Let's address the first question first. Um, Okay. How do you plan for new customers? Um, When we have a new customer that comes through the sales process, at some point, the professional service team is already engaged during the sales process. They help do some scoping for configuration work. What is it going to mean? Put together a level of efforts. So we've already minimized that artificial half between sales and our professional services team. And as the, as the deal is transitioning into professional services, we have a wonderful handoff call from sales to all of the operations organizations where we talk about who is the customer? What are their value drivers? Um, why do they select us? Um, what are their key pain points that they're trying to solve? How does our solution provide the solution to the customer? Um, what do we need to know about this customer from the success perspective, the support perspective, as well as professional services perspective? And then we can take a look at the overall capacity for the implementation team. So Stephanie, the director of professional mm-hmm. services, can say that journey team two right now and the professional services perspective is relatively free. Jim, does that work with your teams as well? We can coordinate and say, yes, this new company will go into journey team two and become part of that journey for the rest of their lives. So okay. it's kind of based upon the, the upfront capacity of professional services, how many ongoing types of implementations do they have and where can they really fit them in best? And if there's flexibility, okay. we'll discuss that. But then if we look about the scalability, the scalability really comes down, I would say, to the tail end of the process when it comes through into the customer success program, because the implementation team is a funnel, right? We have implementation projects ongoing Mm -hmm. constantly, whether it's new customers or existing customers who are uh, selling additional products and services. So we currently have two CSMs per journey team, and that seems to work very well. We've segmented our customers. Um, We've identified the highly strategic customers. We've looked at those customers that we really need to spend a lot of time with, and we can assign more senior CSMs to those accounts, less senior CSMs to other accounts. We can really balance that workload. But as necessary, I can add additional CSMs to each journey team. And I've already put the, the process in place so that if necessary, we can take existing customers off of an existing journey team and create a separate journey team so that okay. they could be artificially now become part of journey team four, as an example. Okay. Very cool. It sounds like you've got this very mapped out, which is wonderful. 
Um, I want to ask about results. What results have you seen so far from this structure, both internally and then also with clients? Honestly, it's always about results, right? This is yeah. this could be the best pie in the sky idea, but <laughs> how does it work in reality? So far, it sounds very cool, Jim. <laughs> it does, right? And the results really have supported it, which is outstanding. That's um, great. <laughs> it, of course, this is a large initiative and it's a, it's a large approach, right? So you're always going to mm-hmm. have hiccups. I'm not going to say it's perfectly smooth out of the gate. No, none of us would. It's been a learning experience, but overall, the results have been incredibly positive. Uh, the, the teams have really gelled. The, the, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see all these operations organizations working together as a team, um, really driving towards the customer success. It's, it, again, being an old Nordstrom geek, I think it's outstanding to see. Um, okay. Other results we've seen also is with the customers. A perfect example, a couple of weeks ago, I was on an on-site um, EBR type of meeting with a customer with one of my CSMs. We also involved the customer care agent assigned to that journey team who works that account because that individual's established a great rapport with the customer. Uh, they, they communicate all the time via the phone, via tickets. Um, Matt was able to come into our conversation, share updates about exactly what was happening with her tickets, what we saw for ticket trends and other things. So we have this really tight working relationship between this customer success manager and even the support agent. And what happens with the customer is that the customer sees that we have all these touch points. We're all there supporting them as a team. It's not an artificial, hey, I don't know what support's doing. I don't know what success is doing. I don't know what professional services is doing. Rather, it's all of us working together to drive towards solutions. And it's been so far very, very positively accepted by our customers. That's fantastic. So both great internal and external results from this and a lot of really good teamwork, it sounds like. So tell me a little bit about your future plans for journey teams. Specifically, I noticed that sales team members aren't really a part of the journey team at this point. Do you have plans to incorporate them down the road or are there other plans that you have for these groups? You know, that's a, another really great question. Sales never really leaves the equation at CoreCentric. As an example, as my CSM works with a customer, the customer realizes, hey, I need this new widget that you're offering. The customer success manager will qualify that need, right? Does the need really fit your requirements? Can we, is, is it really a solution for you? And if so, we will then hand off that information to sales and partner with the sales team to basically reintroduce them into the customer and drive that sale forward if necessary. Or, or same thing with um, opportunities for additional professional services work. Perhaps they need some additional configuration work. So we really do work closely with all of our partners across the company. And as a company, we're looking at something of a strategic account management approach where we can really tie more closely in with all these other functional groups, including sales, to really help drive visibility across the company into our customers. And I have to say, as an example, Strike at the platform is going to be phenomenal for us. We're working through integrations right now to Salesforce and identifying exactly which fields we want to pull and push between the two platforms so that the sales team at any moment can take a look at the health of each customer, what's happening with each customer, what was said during the touch points, what do we see as key strategic initiatives for that customer, and then how can we partner together to drive those solutions going forward. Yeah, that's great. I think, um, you know, the the teams and the companies that I've seen that have, you know, really gotten a nice dynamic between the sales and the customer facing um, groups like customer success and professional services are really being strategic together around how to tackle customers. And I think that visibility you describe between your tools is really going to help with that. 
It definitely will. And uh, as an example, last week we had a, a boot camp meeting with sales where operations, we, op- we provide different presentations and discussions with the sales team. And it really helped even further solidify the relationship between all these organizations to really, again, focus on it's the customer that matters. And what can we do together to get us there? Yeah, absolutely. So now that you have this structure in place, what are the do's and don'ts that you'd recommend to a leader who might want to implement something similar? Another golden question. (laughs) (laughs) I would would say more do's than don'ts. I would say do it. It, it, Again, we're in this world for a reason. We we really enjoy, we have, you have to have a passion for what we do. You have to have a passion for doing right by the customer. You have to have a passion mm-hmm. for really identifying solutions and how can we get the customer from here to there um, as a partner. And, and by, by implementing a similar structure, you're almost guaranteed alignment across all these different organizations and, and departments to that one goal. What is customer mm-hmm. success all about? And it really helps to have someone, again, like Matt Clark, who pushes success from the top down as one of our key initiatives. But no matter what, I would say, yeah, definitely I would take a look at a model like this or adapt something like this within operations organizations so that we can better align ourselves and better align our priorities. Um, Rather than having competing priorities and competing goals, we can start to align our goals and objectives. Uh, Do it. Just get started. If, if you okay. have questions, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So any don'ts or? You know, don'ts, I would say don't cut anyone out of the process. It, it's don't come in with these artificial concepts of territory. Don't come in yeah. with concepts of siloing. It's all about knocking down silos, um, it, it, improving collaboration. It, it, if, if you come in with the concept of, hey, but I want to keep these silos in place. This is my turf. Don't don't go here. It's not going to work. It's really about that yeah. collaborative environment and collaborative approach to success. Very cool. I love it. I'm going to shift gears to our last question. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? You know, I see several trends, but looking at Strike Deck as an example, to me, it's data, data, and more data. I've been lucky enough to attend a few seminars and programs on quote unquote big data and data analytics. Uh-huh. I believe the biggest trend in, in customer success really comes down to the wealth of data that we can capture and that we can use. We can use it prescriptively. We can identify pain points become the, before they become pain points. I mean, think about the possibilities of usage metrics and being able to segment the usage metrics um, across different types of customer verticals and different types of customer personas and taking a look at trends and saying that customer A, you have a, a, a usage rate of X, but a customer very similar to you in the same market space has a usage of Y. How can we get you from X to Y to improve your return on investment with our solutions? To me, being able to drive that conversation forward, metrics-driven, because of the amount of data we can start to capture through usage, through transactions, um, through all the rich data that we capture during our conversations, and our, uh, whether electronic or in person, and it's incorporating all that into centralized databases and integrating those databases, to me, capturing data, then how do we use that data more effectively? I think that is absolutely exciting and to me really one of the logical next steps. I agree with you. I think it's all about data. And I think people get a little nervous about data because often, you know, a new leader is walking into a a customer success team where the data is not very clean or doesn't exist. And I think the more that leaders can kind of 
quickly get their arms around what they have and what they don't have and start to get what they have in some sort of organized format, uh, the more successful they're going to be. And so there's becoming more and more tools to help you do that. And I think that's fantastic. You know, I, I have to completely agree. For example, Kevin, out, outstanding individual, he's so process-driven. We, When I stepped into this role, we already had so many different Excel spreadsheets to track different <laughs> types of metrics, right? Of ticket yeah. volumes and measuring health, et cetera. But the, the quandary then is data in SharePoint, data in Excel spreadsheets, data, you know, data in cocktail napkins and on, yes. and on laptops. And as you said, how do you start pulling all that data together so that it's easy to find, easy to refer to, really start easy to, to manipulate and, and, and understand what it all means, look for trends. If you can start to pull that information into a platform like StrikeDeck and then start slicing and dicing it, it's so much easier to manage. It's just amazing how much easier it is now for my CSMs to spend more time on the customer and less time on administrative tasks. It's, it's definitely, I agree. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes as a leader, you just have to kind of roll up your sleeves and get going on it. And I have to say, even myself, there have been some times with my own teams where I've been up till, you know, midnight, one in the morning, typing data into whatever system I had just so that I could have it, you know? So, I mean, you can't be afraid to get your hands dirty, I think, on data. You just have to get it. Yeah, get it where it needs to be quickly. And it's a big priority. I completely agree. And that's exactly what I did. My team did. We, I can't tell you how many times in the evening after I'm done helping my kids with their physics homework and calculus yeah. and, you know, trying to relearn what, what does calculus mean? And, yeah. and then I roll my sleeves and say, now let me jump in here and start pulling information out of the spreadsheet and populating into strike deck. Yeah. Um, try to centralize it as much as possible. Roll up your sleeves and get it done because it's worth the effort. The, the payback is huge. Absolutely. Well, Jim, thank you for taking the time to share your approach to journey teams with the Strike Deck Radio audience. I love that idea. And I know you've gotten a lot of other leaders that listen to this podcast thinking about ways to incorporate that into their their own companies. So I appreciate all of the practical tips that you provided today. Thank you so much for being here. Well, again, I can't thank you enough for this invitation. It's it was it's exciting. It truly is. And I would just say to everyone, try it. You can't go wrong. And if anybody ever has questions or issues, they can certainly reach out to me and I'd be more than glad to provide them any help that I can as well. Great. Thank you so much. I also want to thank our sponsors, StrikeDeck and the Success League. To learn more about StrikeDeck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow StrikeDeck on LinkedIn or at StrikeDeck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And finally, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.